Welcome to Arrow Devastation, the weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neill. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? It's been a week. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, it turns out release week um, for a new Magic set is stressful, especially when there's only two of you working to do it. Yeah. With all the pre-orders and stuff. Um, yeah. So it's been a bit of a mad rush on that with the other... Obviously, other orders on top of that. <laughs> totally. Like I remember the the best of times, like working in a in an LGS. That Magic release week mm-hmm. was also was always just incredibly hectic. Uh, I can't imagine what you must be going through working it during a, a Brexit pandemic. Yeah, uh, a lot of the stock just didn't show up. Yeah, a lot of stock arrived late. Uh, we didn't get full allocate like the full allocation. Um, also, obviously people aren't coming in to pick up their stuff which you know normally during a release week you just sort of set boxes aside and people come in and collect them but you have to package and ship all of them i dread to think how much we spent on postage (laughs) for the last week um yeah it's just it's just been a bit of a a stressful week which is fine because it's still you know a nice job that i like yeah um yeah it's been a bit stressful i can imagine uh, yeah and also, I've got terrible hay fever, so that's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm unable to breathe properly. But other than that, fine. Cool, cool. Yeah, well, you know, you've only got what, five weeks or something till you get to look forward to doing it all over again. Yeah. But by that time, the country might be in a better place, so we can actually go out and do other things. Yeah, yeah, hopefully I'll have that second dose of 5G juice in my body by then. That'll be good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but in five weeks' time, I will have had my second dose. Oh, yeah. So. That'll be exciting. <laughs> How's your week been? Uh, yeah, it's been it's been fine. Uh, just as it always is. As it always is. Um, very much have been living a perpetual Groundhog Day for the past year. It's... Yeah, I, I, I take, I, I've got nothing to really talk about but at the same time that's also a very good thing like if if the worst thing that that's happened to me is i've been a bit bored one day like i know i'm in a very very good place <laughs> yeah. I'm very well aware of that and yeah. thankful for it absolutely yeah it's it's easy to get like down and and bored and stuff but then you realize that nothing actually that bad has happened to you oh so. yeah hell yeah <laughs> so i think yeah not bad, just just not very interesting at the moment. I guess I, I've been yeah just doing doing the usual, playing a bit of magic here and there, streaming here and there, which has it's been quite fun. Managed to get one of my ridiculous plays in in the uh, the Channel Fireball Top Five Weekly Arena moments, so that was exciting. Yeah, that was very cool. I'm very very excited cool. for that. Yeah, I uh, so I've been playing the well, I've been playing a I guess technically a list I've I've brewed myself um, version of the the blue green turns deck in historic uh, and I'm playing Nossa Traversal on the sideboard because nobody else is and it's a super sweet card that is really underrated I think uh, it's just it's so flexible like in that deck specifically there's so many things you can do with it like get rid of your opponent's counter spells bounce your own time warps back to your hand and make copies of them it's so sick like I just love that card so I, I got to uh, I got to cast one and bounce a token copy of uh, an opponent's ultimatum back to their hand and cast an ultimatum myself and take two extra turns so that was good yeah <laughs> it's very very good yeah it was they didn't even get their card back in their hand because it was because uh, it was just a token yeah. flashback yeah yeah nice it was sweet it was really cool uh yeah I, i've been i've been playing a fair bit of historic and 
yeah, that turns deck's been really good. Um, I think I'm in a position now where it's just really bad where I am in the ladder currently. Um, so I haven't been winning as much of it as, as I was, so I'm just on the cusp of breaking into Mythic. Uh, I switched to a... Uh, a uh, what's it called? Uh, Flux Reservoir, Khan deck, Gigantha deck, and that seems to be working quite nicely. So I'm going to stick with that for a bit, and then go back to turns Sweet. once I hit Mythic, I think. Mm-hmm. It's been, it's been I mean, going. it's I a think... format that makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's still just as, as strange as it ever was, really. Like, I don't know. I, I, I like it. I really, really enjoy it. I think it's a lot better than standard, like 100%. But I don't know if I like it because... It's an easily accessible, like quote unquote, eternal format, uh, and it's mm-hmm. it's like it's far easier just to pick up and jam a game of historic than it is like any other eternal format currently. Uh, but I don't know yeah. if it was a case where I could play historic or like legacy in a store, like I'd pick legacy end of the day of the week, I think. But I, I do think it's fun. I just, I just, I don't know. Some of it just feels really arbitrary. I mean, it's also just a format that you can play in your house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> over and over again. That is true, that's true. Grind, I get the grind away those groundhog day hours. Yeah, exactly. I get the impression that like, you'd probably enjoy the format a lot less if you were able to go out and play other formats. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And do other things with your time. I think so. Mm-hmm. Cool, so have you managed to play much Magic yourself over the past week? Or have you just been... No? No, just time taken up with, with picking and packing and all that. Yeah. So it's been, you know, like I said, you know, a stressful, stressful week at work, and then I've just spent my time at home watching BoJack Horseman. So. <laughs> One of those weeks, eh? Yeah, I thought I'd really get in the mind of the incel. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I understand why people like that show. Yeah, yeah, it's it's but a fun, I mean, it's a fantastic just... show. You're just not meant to empathise with the main character. <laughs> yeah, what the narcissistic alcoholic. That's the one. He's a good guy, right? He's got to be. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've, I've played no magic at all. <laughs> I guess yeah. One thing to mention as well was that I played in the uh, the Mister Beast Open Arena F and M tournament. That was uh, that was interesting. It was an experience. Oh yeah, I can assume that you uh, didn't find him. Otherwise, you would have told me. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I did not find Mister Beast. So he was playing with an anonymous name. It turned out it was F and M fan was the username he was playing under. Uh, I, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, I did not play against Mr. Beast, but I did have a lot of fun. We got quite a few people on stream watching that. It was yeah, it was good. It was good, definitely. Sweet. Uh, I think I've seen some some very mixed takes over the event, but I I, I think it's fantastic. I think if you yeah. want to grow Magic Arena and you want to make it an esport or as whatever approximation of an esport that you, that you want to to push it as if you want to make it this big digital game and catch up with Hearthstone I think this is 100% the kind of thing you need to be doing like what like a number that that's floated around usually with like magic is like 40 million players magic has worldwide or something ridiculous like that mm-hmm. it's like well like Mr. Beast has 60 million YouTube subscribers like I can yeah. guarantee the vast majority of them don't play Magic the Gathering and a lot of them won't even heard of Magic the Gathering so reaching out to somebody who is very influential in the content creator space, uh, is influential towards the younger audience, and has a massive audience themselves. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I think it's the best bit of marketing they've done for the longest time, really. 
Yeah, I think th- I understand a lot of the criticisms with you know, oh, why can they give this amount of money to this person who isn't really associated with magic at all, and not give money to a bunch of content creators and stuff, and it's coming off the back of them just cancelling um, the early access yeah. event with no warning. Um, so I understand those criticisms, but also if you've got a marketing budget, <laughs> yeah, that's the best way. You just giving, you know, money to from a business point of view, giving money to people who are already entrenched in magic and already have grown the brand as much as they possibly can isn't a good idea. Yeah, giving money to people, to people who who do and will advertise you know, do your advertising for free for you. Like from a purely business point of view, like why why would you give them money for a job that they're doing for free already? When yeah, exactly. it doesn't, it doesn't grow your audience. Yeah, like I give it to some random person who has nothing to do with magic, really, who will appeal to, like you say, sixty million people. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like I, you know, fellow content creators ourselves, I think that you know, like what they should be doing, doing more to reach out to content creators and support them, because I think content creators are, are very, very important for the game and and do a lot of lot of good for the game and are are definitely undervalued by Watsi. But from a, a purely business and marketing perspective, like you, you take that whatever million dollar green light fund, and rather than give it to like some small content creators that have an audience that are people that already play Magic, like just give it to Logan Paul and get him to make like a ten minute video. Like, it's how you grow your audience. I mean, don't do that. But yeah, like absolutely if, don't. If you wanted yeah. to, if you want to just grow your, you grow your player base and you don't really care where those numbers come from then yeah that's the perfect way to do it maybe not Logan Paul because he is you know truly truly awful but yeah <laughs> it's the uh, the world of business baby oh good yeah <laughs> oh dear so I think it's been you know it, it's been a couple of weeks since since we did one of these and I, it, I, I feel like just thinking about it now there's been a lot of a lot of community controversies in that short space of time, really, between the early access event being cancelled and the Mr. Beast thing, and uh, there was a secret lair. We should talk about this. Yeah, I, I found that the best thing to do is just not engage with it ever. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's actually really fun. As someone that spent most of their time just you know, aggressively interacting with the magic drama and <laughs> everything happening on Twitter, if you just don't do it and just think, oh, I can't be bothered, you, you have a much better time. Yeah. Did you know that you, you can you, you can use you can like use your phone all day and not check Twitter once? I I think That's I'm a thing incapable of it. You can do for free. <laughs> you're allowed to do that. I think, <laughs> and it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it probably is very good, but I think at this point I'm completely incapable of doing that. Just watch a critically acclaimed adult animation show, and you'll just the time will fly by, and you won't even check your phone. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, let's talk about secret. Yeah, uh, once again we have a, another super drop. I guess it's probably around the same time as the super drop was last year. I don't know. Time is just time is just a thing now. It's just a word. It has no meaning. I don't even know what a super drop even means at this point. They just release a bunch of things that I eventually pick up. Like someone eventually trades into me at the store, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I guess this is a thing that exists. Yeah, I I, I guess that that's a good point. Like, what exactly? What exactly is a super drop? Because the last secret layer that they did, it was. I don't. Did they did they say that was a super drop? Because that was another bundle where there were like six or seven different secret layers, and then you could buy them all as one bundle. Uh, Which obviously yeah, differs. I, I, this, I mean, that that differs to the the standalone 
um, like charity ones they've done, or just the other standalone ones they've done. But yeah, I I don't know. Like if if these are happening, if most secret layers that have come out this year have been super drops, then are they really super drops? I don't know or care. Yeah. Really, <laughs> I think the the main thing that I have with the the, the, the main advice I have for secret layers is never buy them. Yeah. Because someone else will buy them and you could just pick them on the secondary market for cheaper than you probably would have paid. Honestly, like I have we have a few people who will just flip them to us for less store credit than they paid in cash for the secret layer. Yeah, um, that's that's bizarre. I don't know. There are a lot I don't of know people why you would do, do that. that kind of thing. Yeah. Um uh, I, I think a lot of it, a lot of it is just secret layer really and, and it's it's by design, but really sort of runs on FOMO. Yeah, oh, 100%. And people are like, oh yeah, I really want to buy this, i buy this now, and then two days later you're like, why did I spend £320 on this thing? Yeah, I guess they, they buy <laughs> yeah, it. I don't know. They, it's, yeah, 100% fueled by FOMO, they buy into it, and then it arrives, and instantly have buyer's remorse. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I any, can see any that. Any secret happening. layer cards... I, I mean, I bought I bought a couple of the first ones. Yeah. I bought the, the five-colour one and the, the Bitter Blossom one, because I thought they were cool, and I naively thought at the time that they would be some kind of limited thing that wouldn't really happen very often and I could buy into a part of magic history that was a cool thing and I was wrong <laughs> I was massively wrong and then every other secret layer card I own I've just bought on the secondary market for roughly the price of the regular version of that card yeah yeah I think that's it's just been a different skin the case for a lot of them definitely so I I, I purchased the the I guess the original Super Bundle, the original Super Drop, I guess. So I bought the, the bundle of all seven or eight of the first one or whatever it was. And then I purchased the Thalia one as well, because I own zero Thalias. And I thought, that's a nice collection. It was like... Uh, so a few of us were going in on buying a bundle of them, so it was going to work out for like... I don't know, it was like £26 or something for four foil Thalias. It was like, yeah. Like, that seems reasonable. That just seems like a reasonable mm-hmm. price. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, anything that I've bought since as a secret layer card has just been singles. So I, I've bought a few of the birds from the the Unlithological Studies one, uh, just because they really like those cards, as Baleful Strixes especially. And yeah. yeah, I think that's I think that's the best way to do it. Like unless there are like multiple cards that you want in the drop, or uh, they're like, or it's like ridiculously good value for money. Or they're, I guess, they are uh, mechanically unique cards. <laughs> yes, I guess. even even the Walking Dead one isn't like in the secondary market isn't astronomical. I've you seen some very close strange. To what it was. Yeah, I've seen some very strange pricing going on for the Walking Dead one. I've seen like, like for the longest time there was only like on eBay there was only one, uh, well, I guess one store selling them in the UK, and they were like trying to flip them for like a hundred pounds. But then, like, <laughs> two days ago, I saw somebody selling one in the Facebook group for 50 quid, like, sealed. And I was like, I, I don't know. But then you you look at the singles, and the singles are even cheaper than that. So I, I don't know. Yep. I really yep. don't know what's going on with the pricing. No, but uh, we've got some we've got some interesting ones this time around, I think. Yeah, I, w- I will say there is, there is one this time that it actually makes financial sense to just buy it if you want the cards. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, which one, which one do you want to start with? Uh, I guess we'll start with the start with the first one that was revealed. I think which they're continuing that theme of uh, naming conventions. So this one is our show is on Friday. Can you make it? Ugh. No. 
it's no I can't because I'm playing Ethernet yeah. come on well it's 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 I don't know it better or worse than the unfathomable crushing doom of basic lands whatever it was nothing will ever be worse than can you feel with a heart of steel oh, I am nothing will ever be worse 100%. than that yep. <laughs> this one at least at least this one like actually just is a it makes sense because they're all meant to be like band posters and that is something that someone would say to get them to come to one of their shows I guess like it's an actual it makes sense is what I'm saying yeah totally totally I think so I I, I really like the art of these but again I don't like the art of these cards on, on magic cards I think the, the yeah. nature's law we saw previewed a little while ago on our, on a, uh, one of the weekly MTG streams when they sort of announced oh, there were going to be a lot more secret layers and we're talking about the success of secret layers and stuff but yeah, the uh, I think the art on all of these cards, the standalone pieces of art, are fantastic. And yeah, one hundred percent, it's like it's like gig posters. Like these would look cool as full, you know, A four or A five larger pieces of art, you know, hung up in like some teenager's bedroom. Like one hundred percent, these are sweet. Yep. Uh, art by Alexis Ritt on one of them as well is class. I'm a big big fan of their art. So they did a comic for Black Mask Comics called Space Riders. Which mm-hmm. was absolutely fantastic. Um, it's it's like trippy pirates in space. Uh, it's really cool, like a really cool old school sci-fi comic. Uh, if you're into that, so that's the the art uh, on Preordain. It's done by that artist. Uh, I, I I don't like that Preordain at all. Um, as a, as a Preordain, as somebody who plays Preordain a lot, I would not play that in any of my decks. But as a standalone bit of art on a poster, that would be cool. Uh, like I said, the yeah. artists, I really, really do love their other work, especially the stuff that they've done for Black Mask Comics. Yeah, this is the thing. Like, I like them as as pieces of yeah. art. Like, if these were legitimate posters, they're really cool. But I hate them as magic cards. Yeah, and that's the same. I, I feel about the the metal ones they did or whatever. Yeah, the trophy and everything. Like, I think they're really, really cool. But I don't like them as magic cards. Yeah, but some people do, so fine. Yeah, definitely. Again, very much. I think stuff like this is is where I think I can sort of forgive Secret Lairs a bit, for want of a better term, because you know they are already reasonably affordable versions of those cards that you don't need to purchase to play. Like you don't need to purchase these to play the games. If you like these and you think it's worth spending thirty quid on them, go ahead. Absolutely, go ahead. It's not my bag, but if it's yours, then go for it. Yeah, this is the thing. There have been some secret layers where it's actually like a good deal, and like this will become the cheapest printing of the the card. Yeah, uh, these ones are definitely not. I mean, Nature's Law, I guess, because it's like a, it's a five pound card anyway, because it was only in Ice Age and what's that, Corset, and then Jewel decks. Yeah, um, but this is a, a premium version of that if you want it, I guess. But it's still not going to be a very expensive card. Gamble's cheap. Preordain is literally just got reprinted. Um, Wrath of God and Decree of Pain are always reprinted in things. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. You, you're, if you wanted a copy of Nature's Law, Wrath of God, Gamble, Decree of Pain, and Preordain, you could buy them for much less than £30. But if you want this version, then you can buy them. And that's fine. That's that's. I like that as the function of Secret Lairs. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Not like the Bit of Blossom where you could buy a Bit of Blossom and four, to- four tokens for yep. less than you could buy a copy a of Bit of Blossom. Blossom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just made, that just was made sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you're just undercutting the secondary market, which is not a thing that they should be doing. Yep. But yeah, selling five cards that total a cost of about £15 for £30 is fine. Yeah. Yeah. 
Cool. Uh, next up, we're going to go for Showcase Strixhaven. So very much like um, what we saw with Kaldheim, where they took the the Showcase frame from Kaldheim and stuck it on some old old Titans and and some newer Titans and newer on Croxa. Uh, they've taken the uh, the Mystical Archive cards, card frames, and they've they've given that treatment to some some other cards. And I, I think it's quite a quite an interesting selection i think some of the art on them is very very nice uh and some yeah. of the cards are cool so here we've got in that mystical archive style we have uh, all is dust which i think the art on that is amazing uh, we have artifact mutation which is uh it's a card we have drown in the lock which i guess fits in with the theme of reprinting like uncommon standard cards as uh as mystical archives uh, we have mm -hmm. Fire Covenant, which I believe is the first printing in 20 years. Yeah, this is also the only foil print that would exist. Yeah. It was only printed in Ice Age, and this is the first installment's ever been reprinted. <laughs> we have Fractured Identity, which I will be, we'll be buying as a single, like 100%. Uh, that card is incredible, and the art is very nice on this one. And then we also have Fracturing Dust, which is also a magic card. Yeah, these cards are all kind of not bad, but they're very specific. Yeah, <laughs> and they're all they're, like I guess, I guess Drama Lock does see some some eternal play here and there. Still currently see standard play. Um, the yeah. rest of them are very much commander cards. I guess all this dust. You also play in Tron occasionally, but these are all very much commander cards. Yeah, that's it. Like and... all this dust definitely will play some of that in a Tron sideboard. Drown in the Lock, you can play that reasonably in in Pioneer. It's played a lot in standard currently. Uh, you know, but I guess it won't be by the time this this ships because Aldrain will have finally rotated. Yep. Uh, and I, I can't imagine you can really play it anywhere else. Well, trying a lot. Yeah. No, you you it has been played in modern and legacy quite a lot. Okay, interesting. It, yeah, you play it. You play it places. I've definitely played it modern and legacy before. But yeah, that's the only one, and it's not an expensive card. <laughs> And yeah, I guess the only exciting part of this is you can finally get a foil fire covenant. But but again, I I don't like this border. Yeah, yeah, the, the art's incredible, but I don't like the the borders. Yeah, I think the art on that one is as well, especially is is amazing. I don't know if there's you know there's anybody really crying out for a foil fire covenant, but it's here if you want it. It's a it's a CDH card. Yeah, and I've played it in EDH decks before. It's fine. This is the thing. Like, these, <laughs> it's this is good. I like this about secret layers where they're just printing cards that like that are very easily accessible anyway. Yeah, but just I guess that, that's it. This, this is what it should be. Like, you don't have to buy these cards, but if you want to, here you go. Uh, yeah, like I said, I will definitely. I'll be purchasing a fractured identity as a single, definitely, because that art's cool and that card is. Should just be played in every queue ever. It's amazing. Yes, big, big fan of the card. It's, it's a pack one, pick one a lot of the time. Cool. So I guess now we'll move on to, I guess, sort of the big, the big bundle for the, uh, for the for the the super drop. Mm -hmm. Although they've done them in other sort of smaller bundles, but I guess the uh, the headline really. I mean, we've got another one which we'll talk about after this, which I'm more excited about, but. I guess the headline for these, this secret lair is this the Shocklands. Mm -hmm. So you can get a Super Shock bundle, which contains uh, one, which contains one of each 
of the smaller Shockland drops, so they've divided them in five Shard drops rather than, I guess, one like big Ultimate Edition like we saw with like the Petchlands, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so that you can get Bantlands, Esperlands, Grixislands, Jundland, and Nihalands all together, and they've all got different artworks, uh, or with with different planes across Magic's multiverse. Uh, yeah, I really like this. This is my favourite yes. secret that I've ever done. Ooh, I think um, so. First of all, it's it's kind of annoying that the um, the dollar price is just directly converted into a pound price. So we're yeah. so for yeah. the, the Super Shock bundle, we're paying one hundred and twenty pounds, and Americans are paying one hundred and twenty dollars. So that's is cheaper. Yeah, but uh, which like if, <laughs> yeah, like if you if you are in America and you want a set of Shocklands, just just buy that. Like if you're in if you're in the UK and you want a set of shock, buying fifteen Shocklands for one hundred and twenty pounds is very good. Hmm. Um, you, I mean, you only get like one breeding pool, but some of them, some of them do crossover. But like, so 120 pounds, 15 shocklands. That's less than 10 pounds per shockland, and that's roughly the price of the like the guild slash allegiance printings currently. Yeah, yeah. and these are nice premium versions. I really like the breeding pool. <clears throat> um, yeah, like set on New Phyrexia, which if you could get this Japanese would definitely play in my uh, infect deck. And then you've got like um, the Overgrown Tomb, which is set on whatever plane conspiracies set on that I can never remember the name of Fiora sure uh, and it's got like Brago's tomb which is cool but this is just good value I mean like yeah so you can you can buy each of the individual ones like Bant, Esper, Grix, Jundnaya and they're £30 for three lands which yep. still isn't bad especially if it's yeah uh, I, I agree a special yeah, exclu- exclusive art and yeah, yeah I, I, I think so exactly and this this does make them cheaper now I was just saying that I liked secret layers that weren't, <laughs> you know, just <laughs> cut cards that you could buy more expensively elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but this is a good end. If you just want a bunch of shocklands, this is a really good price. Yeah, this... I think I think this is this is the perfect exception to that kind of thing. Um, I think. Yeah. Uh, almost similarly with the fetch lands as well. Like, you know, you need you need lands to play the game. And if this is a way to get more lands out there, and if this is a currently good and or better value than buying them as singles currently, I think this is good. I think, like, yeah, this 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 isn't just like the other sets where it's like, oh, here's some cards that you don't need to buy with some fancy skins on them. This is here's some cards that most invested Magic players need to own. Uh, we're gonna make them a little bit more accessible for you. And I think that's good. I think that's 100% good. Uh, I w- wish they distributed them slightly differently. Because I guess if you if you buy the Super Shock bundle, you end up with uh, two of each, uh, two of each allied Shockland, and then one of each enemy Shockland. Yeah. Which is not very good. But <laughs> I it's guess. Like, overall it's pretty good value for money, and it's hard to yeah. it's hard to argue against it, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you... those blood crypts, like Seth McKinnon blood crypts set on Innistrad, like yeah, it's a it's a it's a great drop. Like the the art of them is all is all great. The the fact that they've decided to take them off Ravnica is really nice. Like yeah. Shocklands have been, I mean, they're going to be in every Ravnica set they ever do, right? That's oh, just, yeah, that's just a thing that they do now. Um, but I, I like they can the... literally never print enough Shocklands. Yeah, but I like the idea of like Temple Garden being on Theros. Yeah. The breeding pool being on New Phyrexia. 
Um, yeah, Godless Shrine being an almond cat with a big bolus horns. Yeah, it's Fantastic. great. It's really, really cool. Uh, and I like that you can just spend £120 and get 15 shocklands, which is probably about the price you'd pay if you were to buy them on individually. Um, yeah. Like the, the, the guilds and allegiance printings. It's, it's just, it's a great... And none of it's bad as well. That's that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> and and Shocklands, like if you buy the so if you buy the the bundle and you want it, the certain ones and you have some left over that you don't need, they're good trade fodder. And yeah, because 100%. of the because of the price you're paying for the secret lair, their price will never will, will match. Like like we've seen with the the secret lair Shocklands with the Fetchlands, will match the original printings anyway. So yeah, they're not going to be like as weird premium product, and they're just good trade fodder as well. If you if you have excess ones, um, it's just a great way to to do a secret there. Yeah, I think so, definitely. I if I didn't already own like most if most of the shocklands, I I mean I own all of the shocklands I'll ever need. And if I didn't own them I would hundred percent be buying some of these. Uh but like even then like I'm probably gonna be tempted to to trade or buy into some subsempican and blood crypts when uh when they get released to the public eventually. Yeah, they just they're just really nice. And and again, yeah, yeah the, the main thing is you just increase the supply of shocklands that are available for for purchase on the secondary market. Which even though I mean we you know the Ravnica the most recent Ravnica sets were three years ago at this point. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. um the supply's drying up again. And that was always the thing. Like, pretty much as soon as a Shockland set rotates out, by the Shocklands. So just yeah. increasing supply of Shocklands is is it, just a good idea. And yeah, this is a great, a great sequel there. I think all of these are great so far. Yeah, I think so. I think let's let's move on to the main event. Uh-huh. The main event in my eyes. Go on. So these are cards that I've wanted for the longest time. So this is Secret Lair, the full text lands. Yes. This is uh, yeah, five basic lands. So one of each basic land. Uh, excluding waste, although I've got my fingers crossed that waste will be the secret hidden card in the in the box, in the bottom of the box. Uh, we have five basic lands, and they have full text. They have no art. They have full rules text on them. Yeah, it's excellent. I absolutely love this. I think yeah. th- this this is one hundred percent for me. Like you know. To go back to that phrase that they've used before like oh this product might not be for you like the complete opposite here this product is for me I think this product might not be and is definitely not for most people uh, based on a lot of the a lot of the talk I've seen about these uh, these full text lands but like personally like I love them I I think the I guess the main issue that a lot of people have is is the price uh, I've seen a lot of a lot of takes because uh, it is obviously twenty nine ninety nine for five basic lands. I've seen a lot of people be very very upset about that. Those... A lot of people that weren't going to buy the product anyway yeah. being very upset about that. Uh, those those people are idiots. That's that's yeah. clear. Those those people are, are stupid. All arguing the bad faith, which is stupid. Um, <laughs> I don't understand having a problem with this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I I genuinely don't like. That's... I understand the the argument. Like I've been presented with the argument, and I dismiss it because I think it's ridiculous. But I I don't. Why do you care? If you're going to buy, you know, unhinged basics, unglued basics, unstable basics, any of the nice printings of basics. I mean, Zendikar basics for a long time. You were paying a lot of money for them, especially foil I have, versions. Yeah. I I I paid a lot of money for foil original Zendikar basics. 
I paid more money per basic than I would if I were to pay £320 for the foil bundle where you get 10 copies of each land. Yeah. If you want a premium, cool basic land, and this is the basic land that you use, this is a good price for it, because if you were going to buy a premium basic land, it would cost you more than that per land. Yeah, definitely. Shut up. It's not a good argument. I've purchased plenty of beta basics that cost more than £6 each. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I've just seen, like, all sorts of, like, just awful, awful takes on these cards. Like, I think the... I've seen everything from, like, that. Like, people complain about the price, which I understand. I, I I do understand that. Like, it... I think if these are not sort of exciting special cards for you I guess like they are for me I think it would be very easy to see oh, 30 quid for 5 lands that's ridiculous it should be you know like 10 pounds for 5 lands or like or you should get more you should get more lands you should get 5 of each land in the box of 30 quid and like like I would love that I would love that if they were cheaper uh, I would love you know I would love it if every magic card was cheaper that would be great but they're not and and that sucks but at the same time, there are, there are, like you say, there are plenty of other basic lands already available that you can buy for far more, and you do not need these versions of basic lands to play the game. Yes. Which is another take I've seen on these lands. I've seen people say that these lands should not be in a premium product. These lands should be in a free starter product given to every new player to teach them how to play the game. I fucking hate magic players. No, like, they shouldn't. No, no, no. Nobody needs to needs to know this. Like nobody, like so. Okay, that, that's it. Like you've got you've got twenty two lines of text on a basic <laughs> land. No new player needs to learn twenty two lines of text when they can just learn a little arrow and then add whatever the color is. Add blue. Like <laughs> that's all they need to know. Like they don't need to memorize twenty two lines of text. That's that's going to confuse anybody. Like oh, what's what's this game magic? Oh well, you, you draw mana from lands that you're re- that that are, those are your resources. Oh, all of my all of my lands, all of my basic lands, the very very, like the only thing you need, the only thing you actually need to play a game of Magic has twenty two lines of text on it. That's gonna scare off any new player. No one's gonna want to play that. Like, yes, I think giving these to new players is the absolute worst idea. Yes, I just I, I don't I, I feel like it's such such a bad argument. I mean, all of them. All of them are bad arguments. I mean, it's magic players. Yeah, arguments, yeah, that's definitely just terrible. Like, other things I've seen, I've seen that, that these cards aren't legal magic cards because the rules text is different to the oracle text. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> that is true of many magic cards. Like, <laughs> oh my god. You know, Floral spasm oh. says hello. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I mean, first of all, just don't fucking buy them. Just don't buy. It. I, I yeah, don't like. Yeah. Don't buy it. Then that's been the age-old argument. No one cares. What's you don't care if you don't like this? Because they're going to sell loads of them, and they do yeah. not care. Um, <laughs> and it's like the people that are complaining about this being worth so much money, like paying thirty pounds for five basic lands, which again I have done. Uh, like they're the same people that spend ninety pounds on a booster box and then complain when they can't sell the contents of that booster box for fifty pounds. Mm. Yeah. Shut up! Like you don't understand what you're talking about. Shut up! Oh, think cost money. Think must be bad. Like that's not how any of this works. If you if you're worried about something costing a lot of money, uh, don't play Magic: The Gathering. Don't don't buy it. Like yeah, just like <laughs> especially just when it's basic lands that you do not need. Yeah, like I'm not going to buy any of these, but I think they're cool. 
And yeah, I think I mean, for I'm... anyone buying them, it's probably making a good decision because they really like them, so they're willing to spend that amount of money on something they like. That's it. Like for for clarity, like I will be purchasing like at least one set of these because I think these are really cool. And yeah, I agree. These these are these are exactly the type of lands that I've wanted for for like literally years now. Um, mm-hmm. And that is these are my jam. Like full text basic lands is hilarious to me. I <laughs> I love it. Hundred yeah. percent love it. Yeah. This is this is yeah. This is way better than any you know Rick and Morty secret lair crossover could ever be. Like hundred percent. Like this is my jam. This secret lair was made for me. Uh, I, you know, wish it could be better, but I'll take this if this is the only the only way they're offering it. Like if these had been the basic lands in in a you know, if they'd announced like a like a fourth unset this year and these were the basic lands in that, that would be sick. I would have loved that more, but they're not. I mean, even if they did that, they'd be like four quid a pop anyway, wouldn't they? If not more. Yeah. That's how much unstable basics are. Yeah. Well, there we go. <laughs> so shut up! Like you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Why is yeah, this thing worth I, money? I, I oh, for just, a reason that I cannot be bothered to explain to you. It's just it's the worst takes. I think it's because they're basic lands, but like yeah. I don't know. So I've seen everything. I've seen everything from like yeah that like they're not legal cards to oh you can't play these off growth spiral because on the card it says uh, you may not play this card if it is not your turn or if you do not have any land plays remaining uh, and some sort of subsection of the rules somewhere says that anything that says you may not supersedes anything that says you may and it's like well no it's a basic land just because the text is slightly different to the oracle text of a basic land currently doesn't mean it functions any differently also read growth spiral yeah growth spiral says put a land into play yeah it doesn't say play a land yeah and these basics, the text on them specifically says you may not play a land if you don't have any remaining land players. Yeah. Gross Brass has put a land in. I... <sighs> Why do I play this game? Why yeah. is my full time job interacting with these people? That's my I've main also question. Seen, and I've also seen that this is plagiarism because somebody already made these <laughs> on Reddit years ago. <laughs> it's uh... like, yep, plagiarism. Somebody making. Like, yeah, you know, I've seen I've seen lots of people have that take that are, or what you're just ripping off somebody's joke, and it's like, well, that someone's joke that they made about an intellectual property which was the coast owner of the rights to. Yeah, what are you talking some, about? <laughs> and like, not just not just one person has made this joke. You Google full text basic lands, Magic the Gathering, and there's like twelve different mock-ups of of these types of lands that people have done over the years, and they've all got completely different text to the ones that were was to the coaster releasing. Also, it's their game. They yeah, literally own exactly the rights to to a basic mountain. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh my god. And then there was my favourite one. My favourite interaction with a magic pie that I've had this week was uh, was the day after the secret layer was revealed. Uh, was arguing with somebody on on Facebook, that fantastic website. Uh, they were saying that these these are fake. Uh, and I said no, no, no. It was announced last night. Here's the post on Twitter. And I said, well, if showing me a Twitter post may as well be showing me Snopes. These are fake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can we just can we just do a podcast where it's just our favourite interactions with magic players of the week? Oh yeah, Jesus we need a segment, Christ. don't we? Like, <laughs> I'll just start doxing them at this point. 
Yeah. Just like, do these people? How do these people have the mental capacity to be able to play a game as complex as Magic? That's what I want to know. I don't. I don't know why people get so upset over basic lands. Why do people, people get so, so upset over basic lands that they're not going to buy? I can understand, you know, arguments and takes on the price, but stuff like, oh, this is plagiarism, or these aren't legal cards. Where, like, what happens in your brain to make you think <laughs> that? That's the thing. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just just what's happening inside your head. Because <laughs> it's not logic and reason. Yeah, oh, fully fully agree with that. But I yeah, I think that, so. This is the the big headline for me from the uh, this new secret lair bundle. I I think they're fantastic. I love them. I think my my complaints are that yeah, I I, I wish you you did get a couple more per box, but at the same time I wouldn't mind if they did like bundles with these where instead of of getting one of each basic land you got five mountains or five islands or five plains or five swamps like if you could yeah, do it that way that's a I think I would be a lot better that's a legitimate and reasonable not even complaint I think, but like yeah that's I think fine. if if they if they'd done that like oh you can have you can you can buy a box with all five in or you can buy a box which is five islands or you can buy a box which is five mountains or whatever I think I would definitely be purchasing more of these because like I, I use some basic lines far more than I will the others so I, I can't have I can't imagine like I don't know I feel like if, if I if I bought like the big bundle of like 10 or whatever it is like I, I'm just gonna be sat with like forests and plains not doing anything any like any time ever yeah but uh I I think I'm gonna buy at least one and then have a think about the rest but the, yeah, I think these cards are fantastic, and I'm very happy they exist. Yes. Good. God, I hate magic players. <laughs> they just say the most asinine things. Like it's fact. It's... Yeah. If you're ever wondering why, you know, the pandemic is still going on 13 months out from it first being a problem, just look at magic Twitter and extrapolate to the wider population. That's the problem. Is yeah. people who just think things and say them and then say them so confidently as if they're facts are also in in charge of making sure we don't all die and are allowed to yeah. leave the house and do other things. I guess one last one last note on the the full text land as well. I'm really glad they're available in non foil. Um, oh yeah, that was yeah. the the sole reason I didn't buy the Godzilla land as much as I loved those. They were only available in foil, mm-hmm. and I'm, I don't like foil cards. Yeah. So I'm glad. I'm glad we've got non-four versions of these. Yes. Cool. I think that's enough secret layer talk for one week. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there'll be another two announced by the time we, we next record. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess there was one, one other thing that I wanted to touch on quickly this week. Uh, I think we'll, we'll probably do a bit more of a bigger episode on it in the future when we see, I guess, more of what the set's going to look like. But Modern Horizons Two is is the next set. Oh yeah. It's yeah. six weeks away or something at this point, which. It's probably going to fly by, uh, but I I think it's it's really exciting. I loved Modern Horizons one. Uh, so far, we only know one card from the set. It is Abund- Abundant Harvest, yep. and I've been playing with that in Historic. And let me tell you, that card is very good. Yes, very very good. I believe. Uh, I yeah, I think it's it's the it's the green ponder. It's the green preordain. Like mm-hmm. it's. It's that powerful, uh, and I think I, I think I can probably just say confidently at this point, like I think this will be an eternal staple. 
yeah, I look forward to. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna play it a lot probably. Yeah, it's it's very very good. It never misses. Like, yeah, that that's that's the most important thing. We you know, cards like Once Upon a Time, which I guess you know they're free, but they're essentially yeah. like a um, adventurous impulse, whatever that kind of effect. Yeah, but abundant harvest can literally never miss. And yeah. that's the important thing. It, it always replaces itself, so it is akin to... It's not going to be as, as powerful as Ponder or Brainstorm or anything like that, but it is akin to that because it will always replace itself and always get to the, a, a thing that you want. Yeah, that, that's it. Like, I, don't, I don't know. I think it's... It's difficult because the only context I've played it in is in Historic. And in Historic, it feels... As if not more powerful than Ponder or Brainstorm, like a hundred percent. But that format looks very different to any other format, uh, and yeah, I, I think it's if you if you were to play this in in like I don't I don't know if it's going to be good enough to see much play in Legacy, but I think this is definitely going to be a staple in Modern. Uh, I think this is something that they probably could print into standard at some point and see it come into Pioneer. I think it's it's very, very powerful, but given the right standard format, I think it could be fine. We've seen how powerful standard has been over the past year of Eldraine. Uh, I just think it's a, it's a very, very good card. Um, it's... it's Yeah, it's very difficult to, to judge having played it only in Historics. I don't think it's as as powerful as Veil of Summer, for example, which I think is mm-hmm. is you know the top five green cards of all time, probably. Uh, I think like to me, Veil of Summer kind of feels like the like the green equivalent of Brainstorm, that kind of that kind of power level. But I think in historic Abundant Harvest definitely does feel like Ponder or, or Preordain, and maybe it'll feel more like sort of I guess Serum Visions or something in in Modern or Legacy, but. I think it's going to see some play there. I think it is it is good enough. Yeah. Sweet. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what else we get from the set. We know from that one card alone, uh, we don't know whether it's going to be rare or mythic or even uncommon in the set. But I think, I think it, this this is a good sign of things to come. Definitely, this is the, the first card we've seen and we've, we've we've played with it and it's very good. I mean, it's potentially a, a bad sign of things to come. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> potentially, potentially. Especially given what we know about Modern Horizons 1 and how broken a lot of those cards were. Yeah, I would like to think, I said, I'd like to hope that they've, they've learned from the from the mistakes that they, they made last time. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, I don't we, know. we do know, kind of, some cards that are going to be in Modern Horizons 2. Yeah, but this is true, this is true. We have some very, well... You know, we have leaks from very credible sources who have been right about very uh, a lot of sets uh, up until now, um, and the cards that we basically know about are exciting for the format. Um, but I don't think that we're going to get anything too crazy, especially yeah. in terms of like reprints. I don't think they're going to. I think Mono Horizons acts a lot like a vehicle to reprint things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a good avenue to re- to reprint things um, that just just haven't had a reprint, rather than specifically to put things into. I I really don't know what 
what's his true intention is with uh, with Modern Horizons. Yeah. Because it felt like changing the modern meta game was almost an afterthought <laughs> based on some of the cards. Yeah, that kind of. I think like. Like, like maybe like that was like that was the plan. We'll we'll print some some cards that we think are powerful to you know maybe give give one or two decks a little bit of a boost, but then also maybe bring like like one or maybe two new strategies into into modern. And I feel like like since the printing of Modern Horizons one, like modern is just just looks like a completely like altered beast to what it was before. Yes, the, the format's completely changed. I mean. Icefang Quattle, Force of Negation, Season Pyromancer, Urza, obviously Hogak before it got banned, um, Giver of Runes. That's, Astrolabe. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Astrolabe. <laughs> there, were just, there were so many things that just completely warped everything around it. It wasn't just like, yeah. oh, we'll give the you know elves a new elf that's kind of powerful, and we'll give goblins a couple of cards that maybe makes goblins a little bit more viable than it was. It's just like, we'll just completely blow everything out of the water. And print <laughs> just completely ridiculous cards that are stables across multiple formats. Yeah, uh, I hope they learn from that. I hope we don't get another astrolabe. I hope we don't get another force negation. I like force negation, and I think it's a good thing to exist. But I think just printing a card that just completely changes the face of, of <laughs> multiple formats is uh, kind of a problem. Yeah, that's it. It's like every card in the set that was good has has ever been banned across multiple formats, or is just just a, a staple for life for, for that format and yeah yeah i don't know it'll be it'll be interesting to see what direction they take this time uh, i think it's a absolutely fantastic product like i i i think it's i think it's probably the best supplement product they do and they've only done one so far uh i think that like the limited format was fantastic and like pretty much every card was exciting like even if it was just completely heinous and horrible for like some formats it was exciting yeah it's exciting just to see big strange cards and i feel like they've got a lot more freedom to play around and design new things in this set than they do in any other set i think really uh, because they know that it's a product that's going to be aimed towards entrenched players and it's a product that doesn't have to it doesn't have to worry about easy mechanics or easily or easy to code mechanics or anything that's going to you know, turn newer or casual players off from playing on arena. So I, I think, I think it's it's the it's the set where weird cards can exist, and I love it. It's it's made it almost impossible to predict what's going to be yeah. in the set because yeah, definitely our predictions going into you know learning about Modern Horizons one were completely off base compared yeah. to what we actually got. So I don't know; they could do anything. Is the thing I think that that in itself is very exciting. It might have detrimental effects, but also we, we can just recover from it. It's fine. Yeah, it didn't ruin magic. It just changed magic, and people have you know modern still as much of a popular format as it was before Modern Horizons came out, despite the fact that it's a completely different format now. Yeah, and I think that's fine. I mean, I mean, I, I would argue the uh, the printing of Urza ruined magic. R.I.P. Mox Opal, but yeah, continue. <laughs> this like even with our. Our personal opinions on modern aside, like it's it, people are still people still love that format. It's still yeah, it's the most popular format we have as a store, and every modern F and M fires every week, and no other format does. Um, it's still a very popular format that people are still playing, and it it's, it just looks very different now. But yeah, definitely, it is yeah, hard I, to predict I, what they're going to do. Yeah, totally, and I fully agree. Like our our predictions were like 
oh here's some good cool cards in in other formats or cards that I haven't seen printed for a while that we think would be safe to put into modern and it's like here's a two mana planeswalker and here's an like eight eight with trampoline cast on turn two for free like cool yeah and <laughs> like oh here's cabal therapist like this card looks <laughs> sweet this is gonna see a lot of play it's like cabal therapy but cabal th- therapy is too good for modern so we've got to we've got to put it on a creature but it's fine it'll be it'll be good still no and it's fine because yeah. we printed a dozen other cards that are more powerful than cabal therapy and put them straight into modern yeah <laughs> it's, it's weird to like to just not be able to gauge what things are. I mean, like, I thought that Ice Fang Cabal was going to be terrible. Yeah, I didn't. There's there's a record <laughs> of me saying I think that card is really, really bad. Yeah. And it's it's just a staple. Yeah. <laughs> Even without Astrolabe being in the format, it's a staple. Uh, in Legacy yeah, as well. I, 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 I still think there's a couple of cards that I would like to see in the format. I think especially given just that power boost that Modern Horizons gave to Modern and other things we've seen come through standard since. Um, I think I guess we, we'll do like a like a cards that we would like to see from you know that already, already exist printed into Modern thing again before the set comes out but yeah I, I still think that there's plenty of cards still that I, I would like to see that might not be as impactful as we thought last time we did the list but would still be good or at least fun for the format. Like I, I'd love to see Baleful Strix and Modern still. That's still my still my number one pick for Modern. I'd love to see Baleful Strix and Modern. Yeah, I also just want some good reprints. Yeah, it's a great place to put reprints without worrying 100%. about them impacting. Well, then again, I was like, oh cool, we got a, pr- a reprint of Alter Dementia, and then that was a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think there's there are a lot of cards that you can print clearly for the Commander crowd. Yeah, without, yeah definitely without. Ruining modern. Then again, I, yeah. I guarantee Urza was meant to be a commander. Hogak was yeah. meant oh, to be a 100%. commander. 100%. 100%. I mean, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I think you can, yeah, like, I guess on top of my head, stuff like. Uh, stuff like, like, Mystic Study, I guess. Or like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just a good and place to put it. would be a very good one where they could put that, they could stick some new art on it and yep. <laughs> make them a load of money from selling packs because commander players will chase it. And it won't be good enough for modern. Yeah, they they tried a lot of things, and I think a lot of them stuck. And I think I think every every aspect of, of what Modern Horizons was 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 outside of the broken cards was good. Yeah, like you know, Morathon was good. The first sliver was was great. The Aula was 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 cool because it you know just gave a random commander to that's not going to see play anywhere outside of commander. Yeah, a specific subset of people who really wanted to build a bare tribal EDH tech. That's that's a that's a cool thing to do, and then you can put in some interesting cards as well. Like, I, but I'm I'm more of a fan of like the stuff like shenanigans, where it's just like yeah, it's a very yeah. niche card that might see play occasionally if the metagame's right for it. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm not totally. a huge fan of force indication being like just the best <laughs> the best card in modern, you know, and a yeah. very very good card in legacy as well, and seeing play in vintage. But I mean, I just I'm just excited to see what they do, even if they break everything wide open. I think I think we've got to a point now where I'm. I, well, I mean, it's always been my opinion. I'd rather than break it and deal with it later than just not do anything fun. I, yeah, will, I will take mostly, I will take I, I think, every day over Ixalan. Oh, I I would not personally. Um, Ixalan was terrible I, in, in that in that specific example. I would not personally. Uh, I think Throne of Eldraine is arguably the most heinous magic set ever printed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I yeah, I think I very much. 
would rather they do the things that they did with Modern Horizons One than you know do the things that they did with 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 Battle Bond or I guess conspiracy sets. I think conspiracy is like a good. It's kind of I think that's what they're aiming for with supplementary products. I it's, see. I like, I love conspiracy. I absolutely yeah. love conspiracy. It's one of my favorite limited like formats, definitely. But in terms of like, like affecting, like affecting constructed formats, it I think it did very very little. Yeah, there were some reasonable cards, <laughs> and yeah. But I think I'd rather I'd rather them they do the modern horizons thing, and we we can have some big hitters. Uh, everything gets really exciting for a while, uh, and they correctly deal with their deal with the mistakes if there are any. I, yeah, I think I think conspiracy is a it's a good place to be because it's a great like it, it just exists in its own limited format which is cool. Um, yeah. And Battlebond did the same thing. It was a, like a new innovative sort of way to play limited, which I think was cool. Um, but it's also a great ve- vehicle for reprints, and then. Yeah occasionally introduces stuff like I guess Leovold is not a great example because it's kind of a heinous card design but yeah <laughs> uh, Dakfaden is probably a really good one I think there yeah. we go there's one stick Dakfaden in Modern Horizons 2 just as for Dark yeah because it's terrible unless other people have Moxon in play yeah um, yeah that's that's the thing I think that's a good I don't know I'm just excited to see what they do yeah. I'm very excited yeah, same. and I kind of hope some same. stuff's broken because at least it's interesting <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because when stuff's not broken, it's boring. <laughs> I think we'll definitely we'll do we'll do a our list of cards that we want to see yeah. in Modern Horizons Two definitely. that already exist. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's like I guess other than the leaks, it's impossible to to predict what they could print given what we saw last time. But I think that's pretty much all we have time for this week. Uh, let us know. Let us know your opinion on the the various magic dramas over the past couple of weeks. The the secret lairs. Will you be buying the lands, or do you think it's plagiarism? Let us know. You can hit us up on social media. On Twitter, we are at hrfdcast, facebook.com slash hrfdcast. Or if you've really enjoyed anything in the show would like to give back in a monetary value, you can hit us up on Patreon. We are patreon.com slash hour of devastation. Tears start from as little as $1 a month. That's roughly 20 25 cents per episode. Uh, you can find the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. It's been two weeks and I can't even remember. If you want to go to one of those platforms and give us a comment or a rating or a review, they really help get the podcast out to more people. If you want to find me on my own personal social media, on Twitter, I am at PeachGardenOaf. Facebook, I'm Joe Loudon, and pretty much any of the magic groups. I'm also streaming on Twitch, so every Friday night we do Friday Night Magic, and then we mix it up Saturdays and Sundays, doing a various bunch of different things. Uh, play Among Us, we play party games, we play Jackbox games. I've got some interesting stuff planned for the future, so you can come give me a follow if you want to check that out. That's twitch.tv slash PeachGardenOaf. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at snail 69 Nice. And I haven't been banned yet. <laughs> Which is an achievement. Yeah. I don't I don't think they're going to. Like after after you like disagreed to all of their terms of coming back from your banning and they'll let you back anyway. Like uh, well, I don't know, asked, maybe maybe you've sold it. Maybe you've sold it. They asked me stupid questions. Now. They asked me if I regretted something I posted and I said no. And they asked if I was likely <laughs> to post something like that again and I said yes. Because otherwise I wouldn't have done it in the first place. Yeah. What a stupid <laughs> question to ask me. <laughs> Yeah, maybe you figured it out. Maybe that's how you, how you get immunity from the uh, the Twitter police. <laughs> just just tell them I'm going to tweet heinous things. Do it again, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm going to do it again. Deal with it. 
Awesome. That's all we have time for this week. Once again, we're approaching the second hour. The God Pharaoh has returned, so we'll see you again next week on Arrow Devastation.